I'm so proud. I'm so proud that we've been able to create something that is definitely changing the world. It's crazy home to working class people with an idea can just do something that takes you all over the place. It's brilliant. I remember saying to Paul, I just want to deprogram young people and give them something that isn't just don't do this, don't do this, do this. All of a sudden, I had to deliver. So my two biggest fears were like, is it going to be accepted by my peers as a tool that they can use? And is it also going to be accepted by young people? Like, are they going to watch it? This is Artie Party. Welcome back to today's Arty Party, celebrating participatory arts in the Northeast. My name is Jay Sykes. For the next half hour, we're talking with a wonderful company called Try Life TV. Uh, with the growing popularity of new forms of interactive storytelling, thanks to smart speakers such as the Amazon Echo and Google Home, our two guests are from a Newcastle-based company called Try Life TV, who specialise in creative, interactive visual storytelling and have won multiple awards for both their innovative practice and their socially responsible focus. Joining us live on Arty Party, creator and director of Try Life TV, Paul Owen. Hiya, you alright? How's the day going for you so far? Yeah, yeah, it's really good. I think, if I'm correct, you just returned from the United States and a series of interesting talks. Yes, we ended up uh, in America, in Hollywood, as part of a trade delegation where we presented Try Life to 150 people from the industry. So when we were out there, I was on stage having a, having a bit chat. I was only meant to have 30 seconds on stage, but uh-huh. I, I thought, mate, I've travelled like 13 hours on the plane and spent three and a half grand, so I wouldn't give up the microphone. <laughs> and um, As they say, shy bands get nailed. Uh, that's it. So we're, I, like, I, like we're, I pitched uh, Try Life, told them about our interactive filmmaking, and uh, the whole room come and stood up and handed out business cards. And there was a woman that was there, and uh, she came over with a little scrap of paper and said, "Will you come to mine tomorrow? I've been working in South Central with inner city gangs." And uh, I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'd love to." I like worked at like I was a former youth worker, so I worked all over like the northeast. I worked with inner like with inner city gangs down in southeast London. Lived out in Jamaica. I worked with kids from Israel, Palestine. I love like working in like some of the hardest to reach areas. So anyway, the next morning we rocked up at this woman's house. And there's pictures of her with, like, uh, Harrison Ford and um, Ridley Scott. And I'm like, whose house are we in here? Yeah. Like, who is this woman? And it turns out it was the producer of Blade Runner. So, oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. So... um had quite a journey. Yeah, it was unreal. So we went to South Central and we're delivering a workshop with young people and just talking about how media has changed and you don't need to... You know, you don't, like, have to come from a privileged background to get into film and media production, how... You get like, like you know, like with your mobile phone, you've got all the technology that you need. Social media. So we delivered some workshops in South Central, and then when we came out, there was a woman walking past, and she was like, "What are you doing here?" So I showed her a trailer of Try Life, and uh, she got on the phone uh, to someone, and she was like, "Terry, Terry is a white man in Compton. You should see his work. It's off the hook." This guy passed. Hit me, she passed me her phone. And uh, the guy came on and he was like, my name's OG Terry T. Lock, I'm head of the Crips. Where are you now? I'm going to come pick you up. And the Crips sta- is in the gang. gang. <laughs> so I was standing in the middle of South Central thinking, oh, God, like, this is it. I said, like, oh, I'm outside Washington Prep School. And a car full of Crips comes, picks me up. And we went out and had a beer and some steaks and managed to talk them into giving me full access to the gang. And then got passed over at the Bloods, got passed over at the Mexican Mafia. And we organised an event in North Hollywood and we, for the first time, brought all of the heads of the gangs together on stage. 
Oh, and my we're God. now making a, a massive interactive film with the Blood Scripts and Mexican Mafia. Got full access to, to all of them. It's going to be absolutely immense, isn't it? So I should probably at this point introduce our other guest who's in us with the studios, one of the core founders of Tri-Life TV, Nikki Core. <laughs> Hello. How are Welcome you? to the conversation. What a journey it's been. It has. It's been immense. Well, I'm one of the core founders and Paul comes up with a lot of the ideas and I make sure they all happen. You've got a background in uh, film and stuff, yeah, haven't you? Yeah, I've got um, a 20-year background in media and project management, which fits Tri-Life really well because we've created a monster. <laughs> <laughs> A monster that is just, it's growing and multiplying. Totally. So we touched on a lot there, and I was hoping that we could break some of that apart, that you said, it's, first of all, the concept of interactive storytelling, which we know is, is growing at this stage. Mm. What is it about this form of storytelling that you find so passionate to work with? Because I was a youth worker back in the day. I think you need to rewind a little bit, Paul. Uh, me and Paul both read the choice-based adventure books when we were kids, and um, yeah. Paul came up with the concept in sort of 2008, 2009, and by the time we got funded, it was 2012, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. I used to, I, when I was a kid, I used to love reading the old choose-your-own-adventure books. Then I realised when I was delivering youth work sessions with young people, I was working like sort of face-to-face as a youth worker, engaging with young people and you know, trying to get people to think about the decisions and about the consequences of their actions. And then I started working in more in, in media, so I was organising events for, like, BBC Blast, BBC School Report, BBC Education, where young people could try radio production, film production, the different forms of media. And then I realised I could utilise the theory of youth work and get people interacting, but, like, using, uh, using media to do it. I was working at Bernardo's as part of their teenage pregnancy team when the financial crisis happened, and I think our team of 26 was, like, stripped to, like three, four, five people pretty much overnight. I thought there's got to be a way to try and engage with young people, but, like, where are young people now? It's like they're on social media and stuff like that, and we decided, like, let's do something interactive where it gets people thinking about the consequences of their actions. We're both gamers. We love reading those adventure books. We thought, let's do something choice-based. And But what we didn't realise was, at the time, was we'd wrote, like, 455 pages of script, and uh, we didn't realise we had created like the most complex interactive film ever made. <laughs> and um, two thirds of the way, two thirds of the Lord of the Rings, basically. Aye, the, oh my the trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> a normal feature film is only ninety pages of script, and ours are like four hundred and fifty-five. So, some of the uh, the films that we've done have got like a hundred plus possible routes through them. If you look at Bandersnatch, Bandersnatch is probably 159 pages of script, just to put it into context. So yours is three times as long yeah. as Bandersnatch. Uh, and, and a like, lot we more just, complex. We were, we were, Their map is tiny. It's yeah. very small. But level. it's still good. It's still mm-hmm. really good mm-hmm. to see other people using interactive media. You know, it's a future, man. And especially with technology and stuff. And what's brilliant is you can watch it and then go back and try something different. But the difference is with Oz, there's some random occurrences thrown in because it's aimed at educating young people. Uh, if you go to the party, it's random. You get 50-50 chance of either being offered a pill or, or some weed to smoke the character. And all our scripts and the framework are actually written with professionals, so they're not just for entertainment purposes only. Yeah, and like if the character has unprotected sex, we filmed 11 different outcomes, so you've got a variation of like what if like you could go find out the character's pregnant, might have chlamydia, could go through all of the STIs. And, and you then, say aspects of these are randomised as well. Yeah, yeah, aye. That's an interesting element. Yeah, because you could be making the same decisions yeah. each time, but they'll change the yeah. outcome. Yep. Wow. And not just that. 
some of the scenes will sort of layer it so you get like variation so like say the start when we we covered um, an episode on mental health we realized after watching it like 20 30 times there's a possible 109 routes through that story but after watching it 20 times you sort of you get a little bit bored, you know, like watching the same intro again until you get into the interactive. So then we started creating alternative beginnings. So we started layering it, and then it just gets more and more complex. It's like all the little subtleties, really. It's like it's really good because, so say you go to the party, you've got a 50-50 chance of either being offered, like the character being offered pills or weed, and if you decide for the character to either take the pill or smoke this, this bliff, you've then got a 50-50 chance of either being instantly ill or being okay. But that's when it gets really complex, you know, like when you're writing it, because it's just... Uh, but if you're OK, there's still knock-on effects further yeah. on through the Yeah, journey. the whole point of it is to educate young people. So you want to have unprotected sex, go and have unprotected sex. You've got, like, one in 11 chance of nothing. Yeah, not we don't say what's right or wrong. It's just making sure yeah. that the young people are well-informed. It's a fan- fantastic tool to engage with young people, just uh, allowing people to experiment. And a great project with, with youth work right at the heart of it. I mean, that's been a central focus of the whole project and the, the social messages that you're conveying with yeah. this. I'd love to ask you about that period between 2009 to 2012 when you're looking around for funding and trying to get funders attached, especially because Arty Party, this show, is all about trying to provide advice for emerging creatives working in similar fields. What was that process like of trying to get funders on board? So our first bit of funding came from Northern Film and Media, which is the regional media body. And there was a woman there called Lisa Laws. It was only a, a small pot. I got my first bit of funding in, I think, October 2008. It was like two and a half grand. I remember walking in the rain with my son and daughter, going to this meeting and, like, securing that two and a half grand. And it was the first time, because it, it carried it in my head for, for a year or something, it was the first time I'd wrote it down onto, like, two bits of A4. It was the first time that someone else had believed in it. And that, I haven't thought about it for a while, but now thinking about it, that... That moment there was like one of the best moments ever when someone else believes in your idea enough to give you some money. That allowed us to work on it for a couple of months, go to meetings, and I'd engage with the youth parliament, with the youth forum. Had like a couple of young people with us. I just went online and I went uh, like the director of public health, head of teenage pregnancy. I just looked for all of these people and sent off the proposal, which I'd like developed a little bit further told them I'd received a little bit of money from NFM, this is what I was wanting to do, and the director of public health got straight in touch and he was just like, this is genius. He was like, actually allowing young people just to experiment, he was like, it's perfect. So he put 5K in, and his boss, Professor Singleton, put 5K in from NHS and another budget. Uh, That was just before Christmas, and that just gave us the time to be able to start padding it out. And it was mad because... I hated getting it out of my head onto paper. Like, the writing, the business plan was the worst thing in the world, mate. Really? Uh, it was just like... But what was good is, my mate's dad, who was helping us, like, sort of go through it, he would ask us a question, and he would say, right, well, what about this? And I would give him the answer, and he'd say, but that's not wrote down, so write that down. And then, like, when I thought I had it all out of my head, I was just wanting it to be finished, but he was determined for us to actually write the full thing. I really needed that sounding board like that, someone there. But, you know, if you can write one page of stuff, you can write two pages. The same with interactive filmmaking. If you write 90 pages, you can write 91. You can write 92. You can write 455. And, um... <laughs> like you did. Aye. But our main bit of money came from North Star Ventures. It was and the proof of concept fund, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was a proof of concept fund. It was European money. 
if anyone's wanting to do anything creative, you should check out No Star Ventures because they've got like uh, European money. I think they've got some creative pots and stuff like that. And they're a great team. Uh, it was one guy, Dr. Exley, who was working at North Star at the time. Luckily for us, he loved his gaming and stuff like that, and I explained like how this had not been done before, like interactive filmmaking, and told him what the ethos of it was to engage with young people around difficult health and social issues. And He totally believed in us, didn't he? Yeah, and that was another nightmare, <laughs> writing a European funding application. It probably took about nine months... But like when you're in the thick of it, that period, that four-year period, when you're in the thick of it and, and you're going from meeting to meeting and starting to get a little bit of momentum, your idea, it passes very quickly, actually. I secured €200,000, I think, which was about £185,000 at the time. And then that was enough to get my web build done, to try writing it, then I had to try and... So I'd went from... Game engine as well, didn't we? Aye. Created a game engine. Yeah, well, well to be not able to host, personally. Yeah, but, well, our web team at the yeah. time. To be able to create something so complex, yeah, it ended up a yeah, game engine. Just but, nothing like wow. it. Mm-hmm. What was uh, interesting, though, was the first person putting that two and a half grand in was brilliant. I mean, just having that support there to show that, that this is an idea that they believe in. Yeah. Clearly that, that helped get the ball rolling and then Aye. this match funding from other people yeah. coming in and coming in. Then 10 grand coming in, 5 grand off the director of public health, 5 grand off his boss. Not only was the creative industry interested, but it also meant there was health professionals that were taking it seriously as well as a potential tool. And then the director of public health had left his role. I ended up creating TriLife, launching it. It went out on BBC Click and News 24. We had 100,000 people following the page. I'll tell you what was a brilliant, brilliant moment was I tracked him down online and found out that he was working in south-east London. I sent him a message, like, can you remember that £5,000 you gave us? And I CC'd in Professor Singleton, well, this is it, check it out. And he has the Facebook page, now reaching 100,000 young people. The phone call off him, it was just absolutely tremendous, you know, like, I can't believe you've done it, I've watched it, it's amazing, it's amazing. And then we ended up getting commissioned for the second episode. We launched that at the BFI on a, on a 65-foot screen on the banks of the Thames, Amazing going to the cinema. What what was it like going to the cinema and walking in? It was surreal, innit? Yeah, it was just immense. Having all the young people there from South East London that had come and worked on the episode and they're all in the glad rags and walking down a red carpet, it was absolutely brilliant. And we got to invite Professor Singleton and the Director of Public Health who had put the money in for the two of them to come and see the second one. And at that point, we had 200,000 young people following on social media. And then for them to get and see that. Then we got commissioned for episode three where we wrote... It had to be wrote different episode three. It was about mental health and suicide, so the other ones were about getting the character to an end destination, whereas episode three we couldn't have someone with severe mental health problems just, like, all of a sudden miraculously cured of any future issue. And mental health is so complex. Yeah, so one-size-fits-all. Yeah, so that one's got, like, 16 possible endings, and the more you watch it, the more you reveal layers to the one story, the more you get to see, like, what's going on in Jacob's life. The trailer for this episode, I said, we've shared that from our Arty Party Twitter, if you're following Arty Party, so do check that out. But it's it's beautifully written. (laughs) The speech at the beginning when he's lying down on the bed, Uh, it's gorgeous. Do you know what, um, that uh, episode about mental health, I've lost about 10 mates in the last 10 years. Maybe he's... 12, 13 friends in the last 10 years. Wow. And it was... Uh, Paul? It's just horrendous. Just absolutely horrendous. To Like, suicide is, like, the, the biggest killer of young men. 
what you normally find with a lot of creatives is mental health is a real struggle. I struggle with mine, but you know, you've just got to know what to take the time and rest and sort of. Because when I'm at me most creative, I come up with things like trial life, and it's a roller coaster. And the guy on the trailer, Robert, done such an amazing job. He's got his own demons that he fights. But the, that bedroom that he's in there, that was my mate, Mike Goodenough, and he was one of my friends. I committed suicide about a year after we filmed that, so every time I see it, it's like that's my mate's bedroom that we're filming in. It adds more weight to why it's essential that we engage with young people about these kind of issues. And we're about to launch episode four which is about grooming and child sex exploitation. So they're all hard-hitting and we don't pull any punches, like we dive straight in and we see it how it is. It's been wrote by victims of grooming. All of the episodes are co-wrote by young people. We use emerging directors, writers, producers, all of the music's original, all sent in. So, And we're just about to start episode five, which is down in Essex, and then we're going to be coming back up and hopefully based at Sunderland Uni to do one around teenage pregnancy later in the year. So we'll be looking for people to get on board with that. When you say people to get on board, do you mean in terms of production and yeah, everything In every aspect, uh, like music. Everything? Yep, absolutely. Just look for raw yeah. talent straight off the street. Last time we auditioned 6,000 people. It's mad because we've now got like 7 million Facebook following. Some weeks we reach 188 million people a week. I reach 140 million Americans a month, which is 65% of all Facebook users with no advertising spend. And I think in the last 90 days, we've had 849 million social media impressions, which is mm. immense, absolutely immense. It's a class one. Boggles the brain, really, doesn't it? As one of the co-founders, Nicky, seeing how it's changed from the start to now. I think sometimes I struggle to put into words what a beautiful feeling it is. Paul gets to see his version of, and then I don't just get the microcosm, I get the whole macrocosm, so I get to see all aspects of it and it's we've gone from strength to strength you know we've created educational material we're getting into schools i think when we first started i remember saying to paul i just want to deprogram young people and give them something that isn't just don't do this don't do this do this and i'm so proud i'm so proud that we've been able to create something that is definitely changing the world. It's brilliant. Yeah, the potential to go and do something on a much larger scale over in Hollywood. We're working with uh, producer of Blade Runner, writer of Grand Theft Auto V, exact producer of Crash. We've got some really big hitters on board with her to go and work with the Bloods, Crips and Mexican Mafia on a, on a huge interactive film over there. <laughs> you couldn't make it up. It's just like, brilliant. Yeah. One minute we're in Buckingham Palace, we're in Pitch at the Palace, yeah. and next we're meeting the head of the Bloods, Crips, Mexican Mafia, <laughs> so you just couldn't make it up. Just going back to the journey, I remember me and Paul having this conversation and saying, like, oh, what if... Like, what do we want to get out of it? And I remember Paul saying, if it just helps one young person, that'll do. It doesn't matter. Like, I know we've got all this funding and, like, we, he was like, if it fails tomorrow or it doesn't work, if only one young person is helped by it, and hand on heart, I'm so honoured to be able to say that there's so many young people we've worked mm -hmm. with that we still keep in touch with. We don't just parachute in and, like, hey, come and make a film. There's a lot of longevity there and that is part of what five, makes us feel really good. Five of the actors from episode one went on to win five BAFTAs as young people setting up their own theatre and film production companies yeah, and all businesses. sorts of stuff and it's beautiful to see and like every time we make an episode we look for just for raw talent like we're looking for for people for the Essex episode and we're always on the lookout for someone just that, 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 uh, that wants yeah. to try directing and producing just it's brilliant man it's like a real collaborative effort and you don't need to be super rich to no. um the rules have changed now. Social media has brought people a lot closer together. 
Uh, it's the first time in human history that, depending on what you've got to say, the little man has a massive voice online. Yeah. And and if you co-create and do it with the right intention, then, mm. well, for this project, uh, it worked. Yeah, collaboration is, is how yeah. it works. It's not just, like, I, we always said, like, director is not God on our set, and that co-collaboration is I was, what um, I was reading something about collaboration. And it was, someone told me when I was younger, if I helped a friend climb a mountain, I would reach the top two. And I thought that's a pretty good little saying, isn't it? It is. I'm just paying it forward. We're called Try Life, and I sometimes you just need a Try Life. It's good. What a fantastic organisation you are and the, the amount of people that you've been touching and helping with all of these episodes, as you call them. But, you know, they're an episode, but there's so much work, as you say, that goes into one episode. It's practically yeah. a TV series by itself. Totally. Well, that's what we're doing now. So we've been in talks with Facebook, and uh, we're going to try and uh, supercharge everything. I'm gonna. We've got a meeting this week with Facebook Watch and Instagram TV, and we're hopefully going to, with the Essex episode, show be able to show the, the behind the scenes. The art, like, a lot of our art is hidden, yeah. and I think it'll be great to be able to show people what goes into it. Aye, it would be brilliant just to be able to, to get you know get the camera behind there and. Not just to show behind the scenes, but like to demystify like how films made and stuff like that. Like we're not precious about it. We've been teaching in the George Lucas building at the School of Cinematic Arts over in Hollywood. Yeah. It's absolutely mental the journey that we've been on. When I first created Trial Life, I thought when I first got the money, I went from like oh I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that to like oh my god, now I have to actually deliver it. Do you know what I mean? It was a total different mindset because someone had given us the money. All of a sudden. I had to deliver. So my two biggest fears were, like, is it going to be accepted by my peers, like in youth and community work, is a tool that they can use, and is it also going to be accepted by young people? Like, are they going to watch it? And when we launched it, I remember getting a 10,000 Facebook fans and getting worried because that was no longer my brother and sister and me dad and that, <laughs> and me granny. And then when it just went 100,000 to it, and it just snowballed. Back then... I used to dream, can you imagine if I had like a few million people on Facebook? Can you imagine if we had like more than just one episode? And now we're about to start filming the fifth. Looks like we've got the sixth up back in Sunderland. And then we're over in Hollywood. We've won innovation awards in youth work and health and social care and business. We've won Prince Andrew's business competition. We beat 2,100 companies in the UK to um, win the overall final and the People's Choice Award. And we've been to Hollywood. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just mad, like... It's such an amazing journey, and it started here in the northeast yeah. in Newcastle. Right. Yep. It's just incredible to see it, and, like, the amount of work that you've put into it and the recognition, it's continuing to snowball. Yeah. It's incredible. There's so many people from Sunderland University, from Newcastle Uni, that were mm-hmm. involved in that very, that very first one, and, like, it's, it's brilliant. We're still in touch with everyone today, and we held auditions here, Mm-hmm. and we found a lot of our cast. I think the saying, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life, and I... I, think I mean, it's, it's yeah, hard times as well, you know. I mean, like, it's not all uh, rosy. Like, there's been times where we've really, really struggled, where we've not been paid for months and months and months, and those dark days, like, when you're setting up a business, those are the things that you've got to come up against. It's mm-hmm. really difficult, but I you just kept the faith. being an entrepreneur as well. And sometimes it was, like, family members. Could have been, like, me son out with his student loan, or, mm-hmm. or it could have been, like, me sister buying 20 quids worth of veg that kept us going. It sounds totally, mad. Totally. But it is a God's honest truth. Yep. It's a really there's difficult been, there's journey. There's been times where we've just, right, we've got to keep the website going and keep yeah. our emails going, and I, one of our phones. <laughs> and uh, that's the reality. That's been uh, the reality. That is. 
Especially and when you're starting something like with well, I something from scratch. Just like when, totally. when you're starting something, it's it's a different like journey, Paul but said, it's worth it though. It's, it's absolutely worth it. And like Paul said, it's not about we don't come from really rich backgrounds. We're two working class kids, one from yeah. Newcastle, one one from Leeds. And are you from Leeds? I am. Oh, from Huddersfield. Ah, uh, Yorkshire lad. Lovely, <laughs> lovely. Sorry, back to you. <laughs> there we go. And there's the Yorkshire. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's just a fantastic journey, and like Nicky says, like engaging with the young people and all of that and and now if it wasn't for how difficult it was i'm talking at a facebook event in october doing a ted, doing talk, a TED talk in like, october okay. oh wow and, oh uh, okay, doing a ted talk it. and then i'm talking at a facebook uh conference to like the top top people at facebook and i'm on stage with like louis through and a caller it's a real privilege to share a stage with two people that i consider brilliant social commentators and Louis Throw's work is just immense. It's crazy how two working class people with an idea can just do something that takes you all over the place. It's, it's brilliant. It is. <laughs> it's fantastic to see it, and please do keep us updated on the journey. Most yeah, definitely. Man. You say you're looking for people who are interested in getting involved and people who like acting and filmmaking. Yeah. How and can people find music. out? Music, anything, absolutely. If anyone's got any music, uh, like, so we're just about to edit the next episode. So normally what we do is we'll put it out on Facebook and like to all our mates and say like if you've got any tracks like get them sent in and uh, oh, we'll, right, like, yeah. we'll edit it into the footage and because there's 109 possible routes there's any amount of opportunity to get your music in. If you go on our website on trylife.tv and just contact us, emails will come through to me yeah. and yeah just get in touch, we tell everybody, you know, make yourself a job. <laughs> All I really right. love that. You you very much are the spirit of collaboration. Totally. Right. Brilliant one. Like, you know what it is? There's like so many people trying to study and they get involved in uh, uh, the creative industry. And there's so few jobs and so many of the good jobs go to like people's sons and daughters and it's who you know, not what you know. You know, if you look at uh, something like Tri-Life, it takes, to write all of that, that content and to film it, it takes a team. Totally. We get young people sending us uh, stuff in like show reels and stuff like that and there's nothing better than watching something of a young person and being actually like personally blown away by it and thinking like this is immense picking the phone up and then like going and having a chat with them and then bringing them in and saying right this is the story that we're doing and like getting their thoughts on the script and a lot of our directors like we've not known them personally before we met them to work on this piece and then like giving them this massive script and then hearing them come back with their ideas of like how they would like want it to look and and then pulling together the team it's amazing because like we're just about to start the Essex episode so we're down there this afternoon we're leaving Sunderland and going down to Essex this afternoon and tomorrow we'll be doing a workshop so they're going to be the next one's about isolation and loneliness so it could be someone that's isolated because of sexuality someone that's isolated because of uh, lack of money or whatever but there's going to be about four or five characters I think in the next one the first time you can choose from five different characters yeah we're probably looking at a script about 2,000 pages yeah. for this next one. Oh my goodness <laughs> and, um, logistical nightmare <laughs> Um, <laughs> so what's brilliant is we're sitting down with like a load of like about thirty professionals and they're telling us all of like you know the, the uh, instances of people being isolated and like you know people. Uh, I think loneliness takes about ten years off your life or something, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, it's been medically proven. So and the, and the way that we work, so the issues um, come from the top down from all the professionals that are working with them, and then we build it from the ground up with the young people that yeah. they're wanting to target. So, so they, like, um, so imagine the professionals are like, so like, it sounds really boring, doesn't it? Like, or like social isolation and all of this kind of stuff. But when you actually practically think about it, that could be like a young person that's been like bullied online 
like you know like who's being harassed could be a young carer yeah it could be a carer could like so it could be a carer that's like stuck at home and everyone looks on social media and people only post the best bits of their life on instagram and all of that kind of stuff so do you know what i mean like it all adds to the complexity of the story but what's what's beautiful is taking those ideas and taking it away from professional talk like social isolation and then actually bringing it to the real world like this is a young carer and they can't go out or this person is disabled and is isolated that way or someone is transitioning or someone's like uh, Some has, has come out a couple of million followers online but yeah. be really really lonely so having all this uh, social media following but not actually having real friends so then what we do is then we pick out the best stories and we're like right well which one are we going for and because it's branching narrative interactive filmmaking you don't just have to go from A to B you can say right what's the worst case scenario what's the best case scenario what about this what about that and you can film it all and then what's brilliant is um, sitting down with the young people and then saying, right, so we've got five characters here, this this character here has been bullied, and you'll always get someone saying, like, oh, that happened to me, oh, that happened to my friend, and what they did is X, Y, and Z. And it's those little subtleties that then make it into the script. So we've took it from the professional's mind, when I've got it into the young people who can put the language and the culture and all of that kind of stuff in there. And then what happens is, when, you're all, when we're auditioning, by this time we're starting to look for cast and crew, we put it out, we find someone really creative who's like, oh, I'll do it this way, I'll do it that way, and we start bringing in some young creatives that are going to be filming and, and lighting it. And and then you see the person, you see the idea go from the professionals speak into paper form, like a uh, script. Then you see actors coming in and starting to add their, their style to it. And how you've got it in your head is now being completely transformed by this person who's performing it. It's a beautiful thing. And then when you see it on set, and you see it all lit up, and you see the cameras, we use like top of the range cameras, and we use like old anamorphic lenses to give it a proper cinematic feel. And when you see like all of these, it's like a human jigsaw of people-sized pieces no. that make a film, and it's absolutely mint, and then you pass it over to the editor and he adds his little thing and starts chopping it up and slides some tracks in there. And every single bit of that process has been created, co-created by a group of people, and there's no better than like launching like a little trailer out and stuff like that, and everyone being like, wow, check that out, it looks mint. And, it's and totally they don't realise all of the graft that's went into it, do you know what I mean? It's got young people at the heart of it, and I think that's And that's what we want to do on Facebook watches. we're going to uh, uncover all of that, and not just to show the work that goes into it, but like just to demystify it a little bit and like encourage other people to go and do it themselves. Totally. And a lot of media is moving up to the region, isn't it? You've got like uh, Channel 4 moving to Leeds. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff going on in Teesside with Northern Film and Media. There's loads of stuff going on. And we've got a film festival as well, if anyone wants to come along and meet with, because I'm doing a talk at the film festival uh, yeah, about interactive filmmaking. So, like, if anyone's interested in uh, wanting to get on the production team with the uh, next project, like, just come along. Or if you've got some ideas, come along and I'll help you. You know, like, the uh, binge show, like, festival. Hi. The Binge Festival. The Binge Festival um, is going to be arts and film in Freshers Week, 19th to the 21st of September. It's thebingefestival.com. Just I. Send us an email. Even off the Trial Life website, just email me. Great, so that's 19th or 21st of September. Is that Newcastle? or It's going to be in Newcastle, yeah, in right. various locations. Fabulous. What an incredible project. I really do want to thank both of you for coming to talk today. I know you've got a busy day. You've got to head back down south to Essex today. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, yeah. And that's trylife.tv. It is. Yeah. Fabulous. What an incredible project. Thank you.
Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Nikki Cole, one of the co-founders of TriLife TV and uh, creator and director Paul Irwin. Thank you very much. Hey, if you're still listening to this, this means you enjoyed the podcast enough to stick around till the end, which is awesome. I would love if you could help support us in whatever way possible. One way of doing that is to help share us with your friends, family, colleagues, people you think might be interested in the show. Also, if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from, that would help us out massively, help us reach more people. And also, if you haven't already, do subscribe to the podcast. That way, every time we launch a new episode, you'll be notified. But also, as usual, I just wanted to say a quick thank you to our five Patreon supporters who helped make this podcast possible. Thank you to Tel Irby, founder of Sister Shack, an all-female collective of artists, DJs, and crafters. Thank you to Nikki Kaur, the founder of TriLive TV, interactive storytelling for young people, delivering social messages. Thank you to Joe Howell. She's a photographic artist based in Sunderland, and if you type in hashtag Untitled10, you can see her most recent project. That's hashtag Untitled10. Thank you to Stephanie Smith, a visual artist based in Sunderland, who was recently on BBC Radio 4's Drawing in the Dark. And also thank you to Laura Willis, who's going into third year of media production at the University of Sunderland and has a passion for speech audio production. These five people help make the podcast possible, so if you fancy joining them and helping support Arty Party, then do head to our Patreon account. It's patreon.com forward slash Arty Party. That's Arty with a Y. Party with an eye. Why I? <laughs>